Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. I I love nerding out with other people who have the same passions as I do. And many of you have heard us, not just me, but Proudmouth talk a lot about the importance of communicating more effectively. And in fact, I've also talked about the fact that I'm I'm writing a book uh, about listening and making sure that you use that will actually help you close more business and build deeper relationships and trust faster. But see, here's the thing. Throughout all of this magnificent woman popped into my world who actually has research based off this and also does this and teaches this for a living. So here's the ultimate outcome that I want everybody to get from this show. Number one, to understand the neuroscience behind what we're going to be talking about today. So there's actual real science behind this. Number two, identify some of the traps that a lot of us fall into when it comes to communicating. And then finally, what can you do, right? So how can you implement this stuff the minute you get done with this podcast in order to make it so that you're going to be even more successful? So Mary, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm and really excited to share with your audience a different way to think about conversations and the way that we communicate. Thank you for having me. Where do we begin? This, we have a lot of landscape to cover, sister. So I want to make sure that we hit as much as we can in 30 minutes. Where do you want to begin with your education, your research, and what you have done for a living? We'll begin with a just a snippet, a small snippet of my story. And that story goes is that I was an executive for 30 years and some people I could talk easily with and some people I couldn't. I did what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to ask a few questions, listen, solve problems. And some went well conversations and some quite honestly just missed the mark. And I thought there's got to be a reason why, because I'm a nerd, I'm a research nerd. So they say, do this, do that. Don't talk too much, listen more. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I discovered the neuroscience of conversation. That's what goes on in our brain when we interact with one another. Because a good conversation does not translate into a trust conversation, a trust-based conversation. And we know what goes in our brain. We can tap into the goodness of other people's brain and build trust. So on my way, I went to teaching executives at this work, beautiful work. And one day, a financial advisor came and said, I'd like to do this work. Now, Matt, I've had some experiences that were less than stellar, and I was a little skeptical. I thought I'm never working with these guys again, these people again, because they don't they don't get me. When you're an entrepreneur and when you're on your own, he's paying the bill this time, not me. So I took him on, and he was warm, competent, really practicing the things that I was teaching him. And so one day he said, let me practice on you. And I thought, bring it on. I'm the expert. Bring it on. Show me how good you are. And you know what he did? He showed me how good he was, which ended up in me, the skeptic that I was, becoming his client, which was so fortuitous. And why did I become his client? Because he listened, he cared, he understood. He helped me to, he was my partner and helped me navigate the difficult decisions that I had to make. What was so ironic about that, things happened for a reason. Six months after we'd worked together, my husband passed away unexpectedly. And from that, I remember distinctly saying, who is going to help me? 
who is going to be there for me? You do check the box and you do all the things that you're supposed to do. And when I was thinking about it, you know who came to my mind? Pat, my advisor. I knew he would be there. I knew he would be my sounding board. I knew he would help me. And I thought to myself, my light bulb went on. I said, what if I could teach other people how to do this? The impact that one person had on me, he could create in all the clients that he worked with and all the people that are important to him, including his team, his staff, most importantly, the loved ones, because this is a universal language. The language of neuroscience is a universal language. And it's true for all of us, old, young, men, women. It doesn't make any difference. It's true for us because that's how we're wired as human beings. And when we get that, Matt, the world opens up. So you said a lot. Okay, so I want to take a, a small step back Wait, okay. How you just described what the fin- the personality of the financial advisor is what 98% of our listeners think they're already doing. So how do you help people realize that the way that they're communicating is not what you teach and more importantly, what their clients ultimately want? So we start with the neuroscience. What goes on in your brain? We're having a good conversation. What's really going on? It's not just a good conversation. We're feeling warm. We're feeling connected. We're listening to one another. The brain opens up, floods us with oxytocin, which is where trust resides, and it opens up the conversation. I feel warm and accepted, and I can connect with you. Now, consider a different conversation where it's going along fine. Something different is said. Your brain gets automatically triggered, floods with cortisol. You disconnect from what I'm saying because you're worried about what you're going to say next. You're worried about how you're going to correct me or reject me or how you're going to tell me and set me straight. And so you're thinking about you and not me. And the thing is, if we're going to lead a trust-based conversation, we have to, as the leader of the conversation, operate from our prefrontal cortex where we're open to listen, to create, to problem solve, to collaborate. And here's the trick. When we get into the red cortisol, it cancels out the prefrontal cortex. We can't even think. So have you been in a conversation where something was said and that's the response? I don't know what to think. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. That's the effect. And so what I teach people, here's the basis. The conversations that you lead trigger the brain either to shut down and be overrun by cortisol or you can lead from a place where the green light, I call it the green light, the, the prefrontal cortex is open up. You're open to influence and the people get it. Clients read your energy and your presence before you even say a word. So how do we create that calm presence? And once we do, then how do we follow through with presenting that to our clients? So how- Go back. How do we create the calm presence? Let's start at the basis of walking in the room so that we're setting ourselves up for success. Yes. And so it's people laugh at this and they say it's way too simple, but it starts with preparing yourself. You cannot lead a conversation when you're busy as a busy professional. You have all these things going, all this chatter going on in your mind. So you take what I call the golden minute. You breathe deeply. More importantly, it, to, to reset your brain, breathing resets your brain. Secondly, you think about the other person. What might they be like? What might be going on in their world? What might be important to them? How do you think they're feeling coming into sitting, coming into having a conversation? Because we know, Matt, that every time you have a conversation, there is angst or anxiety because we don't know where the conversation is going to go. 
And so we're all, as a client walking in or as a team member walking in, I'm already on red. I'm already hijacked a bit. So realizing that, then we next say, what's the purpose of a conversation? What's the context and content? Okay, then you say to yourself, I got this. And the most important question we focus on is how do I want the person to feel? The person who's sitting across the desk from me, how do I want them to feel as a result of talking to me? What is it like for them to be in front of me? When we take that golden moment and we reset, that's the key. Now, people laugh and they say, that's too simple. I'm not, I, I know what I'm going to talk about. I've had millions of these conversations. And that's exactly the problem. You've had millions of these conversations, particularly if you have a particular niche, this population, these people backwards and forwards and what they're going to say. But you've not heard my story. You've not heard what I have to say. And people say, this is too simple. It doesn't work. So I said to my friend, Bob, I said, okay, it's too simple. If it's too simple, why don't you try it? So he said, I did it. And he said, I can't believe that it doesn't even take a minute. I can now just relax and breathe into being totally present. Because when I show up, I'm relaxed. I'm calm. My body language follows my thoughts. My shoulders are back. I'm calm. Nice smile. Warmly greet people, whether it's on Zoom or in person. Extend a welcome to them that's heartful and sincere. And all of a sudden, you see people like literally melt. Because the next thing that we do is simply saying... I call it the million dollar opener. We open with an emotional connection that is as simple as, I'm really happy to see you. Oh, so pause there. You didn't ask a question there. You made a statement because most people are going to default to, how are you doing today? Everybody expect, they'll either say, how are you doing today? Or start into the small chit chat. I say, why waste that precious moment? Why not start by an emotional connection that's heartfelt and sincere? Because you know what that does to the person's brain? It triggers the green. It triggers them to be open. Like they might not say anything, but they'll, they'll look at you and simply think that's really nice. We start to set the stage for, set the conversational stage for safety, security, and comfort. And is that simple? Million dollar opening. My clients nickname that. It seems too simple. We don't prepare. We don't open with something so simple as I'm happy to see you. I'm looking forward to sharing this time with you. What's going on in your world? Oh, about them. It's all about them. And people are like, that's nice. No one ever does that. Stand out, be proud, be loud. Do something different because that's what's going to set you apart, I believe. One of the things that I love to talk about is, and I challenge advisors on this all the time, when is the last time you practiced what you do for a living, right? You look at professional basketball players, professional athletes, professional everything, they all practice before the game and advisors have done it a million times. So they don't think they need to practice. And part of that practice would in, in what we're talking about here is a mindfulness practice to make it so that you are recentering. So no matter what just happened with the appointment, you just left. You aren't carrying that baggage with you into that because as you said, Mary, and I love that you said it, they're going to feel that right now. So I have a whole bunch of podcasting and interviewing heroes. 
And I have interviewing heroes for different reasons. So I, I love Oprah Winfrey because Oprah Winfrey can make you feel like it's only you and Oprah when there's an audience of 500 people and a billion people watching, right? People say to Oprah all the time, gosh, I never thought I would say that on television, right? Then you have somebody like Larry King who really rarely prepared for anything, but he always came to every interview with an eyes of child. Then you have Phil Donahue, which was actually one of my favorites. I'm, I'm aging myself. There are some people who this is might not know who that is. Google him. He used silence so well in live television that it just really blew people away. But what happens with a lot of advisors is what I refer to as the Terry Gross paradox. Now, Terry Gross runs Fresh Air, which she's actually interviewed like everybody who's ever been famous in the world. And she knows so much. So, Mary, here's where we're going. She knows so much that sometimes she talks more than she should in her interview and advisors fall into this trap a lot. I know that there's neuroscience behind this and you talk about this. How can we start teaching advisors that silence is as important as talking? We start with simply saying, why do you talk so much? Because what I have discovered, simple question, because what I have discovered is we we tell people, don't talk too much. Listen, you've got two ears, one mouth, talk 80, listen 80% of the time, talk 20% of the time. So they know that, but they don't know why they talk so much. And why do they talk so much? Because something is triggered in their brain and they sense that people aren't getting it. They sense that they have something more that's more important to say than what the client says. And that automatic trigger makes him talk more. And what happens is the more we talk, the more we talk, we get a dopamine hit and we talk more. And so we talk and out come the charts and the graphs and it's all about us and how important we are and all the work we do. And here's our value statement and that. And so the person sitting across from you is sort of things like, oh my God, I didn't come here to get preached at. So what we do is we simply say, okay, so this is going on. What's the trigger that makes you talk so much? And once you know what that is, how do we begin to either ask a question? How do we begin to catch ourselves? It starts with the awareness of how are we, the trigger about the awareness and then how do we respond and then craft something in your own words, voice, and personality that stops that. I found that when advisors know that it's Many times they say, well, you should do this, you should do that, you should do that. They feel bad. We're judging, we're criticizing. I don't do any of that. I simply say, we as human beings do this. We talk all the time. And then we talk about our most important conversational topic, which is us. So let's figure out how, now we know why. Let's connect the dots backwards and figure out what triggers you or what you can do when you notice that you're triggered so that you can turn the tables. And how do you do that? Your awareness that you're talking all the time. And then you take a breath, recenter, and you come back with something that's incredibly clear and vulnerable, such as, now people aren't going to like this, but such as, oh my God, client, I know I've been doing all the talking. You didn't come here to listen to me. You came here for me to listen to you. I apologize. So let's get back to, let's get back on track. That vulnerability and ability to be human and point out where you slipped up, because we all do, will get a smile every time from your client. It's, oh my God, this guy gets it. This woman gets it. They understand. And we refocus and get back on track. We call it ARC. Aware, take a breath to reset and come back with, refocus back on them. So your comeback is always refocus on them and what you were talking about and what that means to them, not about you. It sounds so simple, I know, 
It's not. It does sound very simple. Execution is entirely the other. It's very easy to throw a ball into a hoop, Mary, right? <laughs> it's when you're under pressure and you're on a court and there's people and fans. All, all right. I love the idea of the focus on the other. It, and I really do believe, and I love your centering thing to to be able to get the advisor to stop. And I love the apology. And I'm going to give them just a little bit of a script with that and say, hey, look, you know what? I know that this Mrs. Clyde, but I love this so much. And I'm so passionate about it. And I just realized I just went off on a tangent. I'm so sorry. Let's get back to what is the most important thing, which is what you need today. I absolutely think that's utterly important incredibly powerful. I studied with a guy named George Kinder. You and I talked a little bit about this before, but he talks about something called the five second rule, right? Which is when somebody gets done saying something, you just take a deep breath, count slowly to five to give that person the space to continue the conversation. And when you do that, all of a sudden you get deeper and deeper really fast. And I think there's some neuroscience behind this. The more quiet you are and the more focus you put on the other person, the faster you build trust. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, because when we jump in, we always jump in and we don't create what I call the conversational space so that we think that when people are quiet, they didn't hear us, they don't understand us, they don't know what we're talking about. But the truth of the matter is some people just might be internally processing it. It's what I call the 149 rule of listening. We speak at 100 words a minute. We listen at 400, but we process at 900. And so as I am the client speaking to you, I get a little bit out of what I want to say, but I've got so much more back here that I want to say that doesn't come out necessarily in a clear pathway. But when you pause for a second, it gives me a time to regroup and think about the other things that I want to say. It's absolutely true. That's the neuroscience behind it. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for just a second. If you're an advisor, you work in the expertise economy where influence is like oxygen. Influence is how you prove your expertise so more people want to work with you without you having to convince them. To find out how much influence you have right now, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. I, when I was growing up in this industry, one of the first things that I heard from the first real sales-based advisor is, Matt, you never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And I remember hearing that, Mary, and it made me so terribly uncomfortable because my brain immediately went to, God, you're not going to learn anything new, right? All right. And I love that, Matt, because the second thing that I teach people is asking questions for which you do not know the answer. We didn't plan this, everybody. All right, keep going. Let's talk about that. So what happens is many times we will ask a question, ask, make a statement like, you get this, right? You understand that. But people aren't going to say yes or no because they don't want to look stupid in front of you. So they'll just not. Or we'll make a statement like, here's what we've all talked about. Now, you would agree. We try and persuade them and influence. You would agree this is what you need to do, right? Once again, people, 75% of the people aren't going to stand up and speak out because you are the expert. So when we come in with a question we don't know the answer for, it sounds, how did this land for you? What are you thinking about? How does this fit with what we've already talked about? How does this align with? All of a sudden, you get this look in the people's eyes and the, the smile, and they go, 
and you'll get the response. People fear because fear doing that because you're going to get an answer that, and you may not know what to do with it. And if you're doing a good job, you're going to get, you may just get an emotional answer. And what do I do when people get emotional? We want an emotion- emotional, <laughs> but what do we do? We give them a box of clinics. We say, oh, it's not that bad. Instead of going with simply saying, I hear you. I understand you. What can I do to support you? What are others doing to support you? How will this, how does this impact? So we take the empathy that we're feeling and turn it to compassion. And compassion is simply being witnessing other people's story and standing with them to look at what the next thing is. And that we don't have the control, they do. And that's what builds partnership. And that's what builds trust. When I know that I'm invited, I'm included, that you listen, that you ask questions that are relevant, specific to me. People say, what are the 20 best questions to ask? I look at them and I say, I don't know what was said before. I don't know. You weren't listening. If you're not listening, you see how it all starts connecting. If you're not listening, you don't know what was said. You resort to your list of 20 questions. They're not specific. They're not relevant. And people are going to look at you like, what are you talking? You didn't hear me. You didn't listen to me. And they check out. They're gone. So one of the things that I used to do as a therapist is after I found myself talking more than I should, I would say, what did you just hear? And it was unbelievable what ended up coming out because first law of communication is message sent is not necessarily message received. And I want to do one other quick tip that I heard from from Jason Lahita at a PR company called Street Cred. And I went through my first PR training with him many moons ago. And one of the things that he said was, you should talk in three minute or three sentence bursts, depending on how you're answering the question. And I remember being on with a journalist, Mary, early on in my career, and I was you know, if you give me parameters, I'm going to follow them because I'm going to test them to make sure that I'm doing it right because I, I want to be good, right? I always want to improve. And I remember doing a three, three. I think it was like maybe six or seven sentences, just much less than three minutes. And I just got done and the journalist was like, and I just stopped because that's what he told me to do. Stop. And the journalist is like, well, what's going on? I was like, I was told that you might need to catch up with your notes and, and I, I answered your question. So I'm just waiting to see where you want to go next. And because of that, Mary, I was in every major, I started making friends with these reporters because, oh my God, you're a gift. So now that's PR, right? So that's a little bit different, but that's so wildly applicable to our industry as financial services professionals. Just try to talk in those sound bites and see what they hear. And then the conversation guides itself. I'm going to say one other quick thing and I promise you I'm going to shut up. Okay. So here's the thing. I had a client many moons ago who was so proud, Mary, he had three hour client meetings. And I said, really, how long do you talk in the three-hour client meeting? He says, oh, oh, probably three quarters of the time. And I was like, are you? First off, it's a terrible business model. Secondly, it's not very profitable. And thirdly, oh my God, you're driving your clients crazy. Yeah, because it, especially when we are, as financial people, the people that are coming to us don't know what they don't know. And so we're trying to overload them with all this information, thinking that we're getting, giving them value. I have a really different point of view. The value we give them is the conversation that we lead, where there's enough space that we can succinctly and clearly, three sentences, make a statement, let them respond. Because the truth of the matter is our brain checks out after two or three minutes. It, it, 
Some people even say 90, after 90 seconds of on and on, it checks out, it doesn't hear and they're gone. But more importantly, when it, they check out they're when you're talking like that, people are already checking out and what are they thinking? You're leading a monologue. What's this got to do about me? Yeah. And I love the question that you have. And I'm going to add that to my repertoire. What did you hear me say? So often we say, does this make sense to you? Do you get it? What did you hear me say? That's beautiful. No, nobody's going to answer those other questions correctly. In, in advisors default to that all the time. Do you understand? No, they don't understand. You just went over the complex aspects of candle charts, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no way that they're going to understand that, right? Okay. And, and they're not going to tell you that they don't understand because they don't want to look stupid because you're the expert and I am the client. And what I propose is that we use our conversations to level the playing field where we become partners. I need, I have my life and my money that I bring to you and you have all this expertise and we meet in the middle. And that's where a trust building conversation comes in. Because if I know that you can help me think through things, help me reason through things, help me feel through things, you become my trusted partner because you're my sounding board. Does that mean you don't give advice? Of course not. You give advice, but you set up the context in a proper way to say, so this is where we're going next. Because you said this was important, here are some recommendations. I'll go through them one by one. Pause, pause, high level view. If they want more detail, they'll ask. And some people will ask for incredible detail. Fine, you're prepared. When you and I had our pre-record conversation, we got wicked nerdy on stuff, right? Because this is something that we're both super passionate about. And when you're sitting across from a client who wants that level of detail, give that to them, but understand that the majority of people don't. All right, Mary, I'm going to ask you my favorite question that I love to ask in interviews, which is, what should I have asked you that I didn't? I think we've covered the basic premises of what I want to share with your audience, just enough to give them an idea that there is a different way to have a conversation. It's scientific, it's evidence-based, but the most important thing that it, most important thing is that it works. And so when I was working with a, group, a, a firm of financial advisors, that's exactly what they said. They said, I know now how to quickly and ethically build trust that's very honest and full of integrity because those are the values. And I just thought that's what I want to convey and to encapsulate, this is not no quick, this is not a quick trick. This is not a fancy thing. This takes some deep inner work to understand yourself and what goes on in your brain. And when you do, then you can translate that to help people to express themselves and what's in their brain. And when you do that, Matt, you become partners. But better yet, people walk away saying, that's a good conversation. That's the best conversation they ever had. But you know that it's more than a good conversation because you're building the bridge of trust. And it's not just for your first meeting, it's for a lifetime. So every time you meet with people, they come to expect that this is who you are, which I believe differentiates you from everyone else. All right, Mary, I'm sure that there's going to be people who want to reach out and find more about who you are and what you do. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And that's the easiest way. And if people are interested in the book, I, my motto is to contribute. And if they're interested in the book, search, sure, you can go buy it on Amazon and that's fine. But that's not the whole point. If you would like to connect with me and request a complimentary copy, I'll, I'll mail you one. But what's even more important, Matt, is that if people that are listening may have a question or they may try something and it maybe didn't miss, it missed the mark, it didn't quite work right. You know what I say? 
connect with me and we'll go on a call and we'll talk about what you tried and what didn't work. What are some other ways that you can adapt that? Because I know that this, I know that this works and I want to help other people to take bits and pieces, embed that in the conversations that they're currently leading so that they can be better. When they're better, they have better clients, they have better teams and the world is a better place. And the world is a better place. All men, sister. All right, we're going to make sure that we have a link to your LinkedIn profile and to buy a copy of your book because you know what? They can afford it. They should buy it too. And please take advantage. This is actually how Mary and I began our relationship is we had started a conversation over LinkedIn. That conversation over LinkedIn through messages ended up going to a phone call. That phone call was like, holy crap, I want you on the podcast. And now you're here. And I'm hoping that a lot of advisors really do wake up. So there's a couple of calls to action I want for all of you advisors. Number one, you need to learn how to communicate more effectively. I don't care who you are, what you do. There's always ways to get better. This is your job. This is your job is to learn how to listen and communicate more effectively. And Mary can really help you with that. And number two, if you are a conference organizer or somebody who wants to do a really kick-ass webinar, you need to hire Mary to go teach this stuff to your people because you're going to have a better organization, a better business, which because all great businesses are built off great culture, relationships, and communication, which is exactly what Mary has an unbelievable amount of experience in. And she's also a really freaking cool person. So Mary, thank you very much for being on the show today. Matt, thank you for the privilege to address your audience and to have another beautiful conversation with you. Listen, if you really truly want to have beautiful conversations, if you want to not only be a better advisor, but be a better person on this planet, the best way for you to do that is learn how to communicate more effectively. And most importantly, learn how to shut up and listen. The faster that you accept that is the greatest way to build trust, the more successful you're going to be and the happier clients you're going to have. All right, for Mary and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Hallard, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.